We're gonna skate to one song, one song only. First nigga gotta find me. 
What's 50 grand to a motherfucker like me? Can you please remind me? Go so hard, this shit crazy. Y'all don't know this don't shit face. And that's the go. Oh, for 82 when I look at you like this shit crazy. Go so hard, this shit weird. We ain't even supposed to be here. Go so hard, this we here. Tony right that we be fair. Psycho, I'm libo. They go Michael. Take your pick. Jackson, Tyson, Jordan, Game 6. Also got a broke clock, rollies that don't tick tock. All the mods that's losing time, hitting behind all these big rocks. Also hard, I'm shocked too. I'm supposed to be locked up too. You escape, but I escape. You be in Paris getting fucked up too. Also hard, let's get faded. Live with these for like six days. Gold bottles, gold models, spilling ace on my six days. Also hard, bitch behave. Just might let you meet gay. Shot town, heroes, moving the next BK. Also hard, motherfuckers wanna find me. That shit crack. That shit crack. That shit crack. Also hard, motherfuckers wanna find me. That shit crack. That shit crack. That shit crack. She said, yeah, can we get married at the mile? I said, look, you need to crawl for your bar. Come and meet me in the bathroom style. And show me why you deserve to have it all. Also, huh? That's the crack. That's the crack. Ain't it, Jay? Also, huh? What she order? What she order? This filet. Also, huh? Yo, whip so cold. Whip so cold. This whole thing. Also, huh? Act like you ever be around motherfuckers like this again. Who's your girl? Grab her hand. Fuck that bitch in wanna dance, she's my prince, but I'm in France, <laughs> I'm just saying, Prince Williams ain't do it right, if you ask me, cause I was him, I would've married Kate and Ashley, was Gucci my nigga, was Louis my killer, was drugs my dealer, what's that jacket, Margiela, doctors say I'm the illest, cause I'm suffering from realness, got my niggas in Paris, and they going gorillas, huh, I don't even know what that means, no one knows what it means, but it's provocative, no, it's not. It's getting the people going. Go so hard, motherfuckers wanna find me. Rebel, him donating to you. Come, 
it's it's hard for me to say something about that, you know what I'm saying? Because I mean, first of all, he's from California and right. you know, he he probably has a lot of ties to California. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, uh he is African American, you know what I'm saying? And it's not just being about African American, but I feel like other schools may need a little more donation than USC. USC is on the map. Right. That's probably one of the biggest schools in America. I don't think they need any donations. I'm just going to keep it real. Yeah. Well, they donated. Well, him, him and Jimmy Levine, I'm sorry, Ivy, donated $70 million. For what? They they Seven. make it to the Rose Bowl. They, I mean, they have, like, some of the – that's, like, one of the most popular schools in America. I mean, next to Ohio State. Well, they wanted to create a unique undergraduate undergraduate experience, so they feel like these this money will help go towards marketing, business, entrepreneurship, computer computer science, and engineering, audio and visual design, and any type of arts programs that they have. So that's that's what they was mission with the money. Okay, so uh, what's the <laughs> what, what are you confused about? You sound perplexed over there. I'm very perplexed. Don't understand how. I, why would you donate to? What What is that going to do for you? Donating to USC? I, I I don't know. Well, I would say first off, I mean, seventy million is a lot of money, so I'm sure that that's a tax write-off, number one. But yeah, I'm with Definitely. you on the selection of schools. Out of all the universities and colleges in the country, what made you? I mean, USC, I can see that because he's from Southern California, obviously. He's from L.A. But, I mean, you're not, like, you, how can you identify with USC? Right. Because I know you didn't, that's not your alma mater, bro. <laughs> Clearly. We we know that. You're not alumni. <laughs> so. If it were, it would be a huge contradiction from what you're talking about. I mean, it's not about a black-white thing all the time, and you know, but I but I do understand and I relate to the African American the African American community, but I also relate to you know any community because I I do my research and I know about you know almost every community, but sure, I feel like our community needs a little more assistance as far as you know donations though because I mean like. I mean, just look at the topic that we're talking about today. For one thing, why aren't high school athletes applying to HBCUs? Okay, now I can, I mean, I, I could probably piggyback off of that and say, dang, why why aren't billionaires that are African-American donating to HBCUs? You feel me? Right, so let's get, let's, that will bring us right into our topic for this evening. So our question for tonight is, and we're going to get into this a little bit early um, just because I think it's a dope topic and we really want to talk about it. Why are high school athletes applying to historically black colleges and universities? And we see this as a trend that has been happening for a number of years. So as far as back as we can remember, Red Bull, as you can remember, do you know of any athletes that have graduated, or not necessarily graduated, but at least attended an HBCU and went into the sports arena? Not not a top tier athlete. <laughs> Now, you know, I, I mean, I'm not trying to down anybody. I'm not trying to put anyone down. But, you know, uh, an example of a top-tier athlete would be like a Kevin Durant, uh, Dwayne Wade. We can Wade, say Major League. Uh, we can say Major League. Right. So, I mean, a major league and, athlete, and it, right? even goes to, it even goes to football as well. I mean, I, I don't know any. Not right, not right off the top of my head. And that's sad. So, I mean, I, I should yeah, know so, a top five. I should have a top five in my head. At least one. <laughs> at least Definitely. one. Do you, can you think of one? Definitely. I can't think of one. I know of one. one quarterback that that won a, a Super Bowl, but he wasn't he wasn't highly recruiting. He wasn't a top tier athlete, and that's Doug Williams. You know, he went to Grambling. So I mean, but he played for the Washington Redskins. He won a Super Bowl with the Washington Redskins. I'm not sure the number Super Bowl he won, but it was it was he definitely won a Super Bowl. He definitely was mm-hmm. a good quarterback and I mean he went to Grambling. 
but okay. I don't think okay. he was highly recruited, though. You see what I'm saying? Sure. So let me just read off of these names. And for the callers that are listening in and for our listeners that are listening in, um, I want to read off these lists of names to you that I found of people who attended HBCUs that are playing in the major league. Now, you just let me know if you know of any of them or have heard of anyone. So I have Jerry Rice from Mississippi Valley State. He played for the 49ers. Jerry Rice, top tier athlete. Yes. Right. Okay, he was inducted to the Pro Hall of Fame in 2010. Okay, so he attended Mississippi Valley State. There's one. Uh, Willis Reed, Grambling State. That was back in the 60s. Willis Reed. Okay, I wouldn't know who that is. You know a name like Willis is definitely in the the 60s. Ain't nobody naming their child Willis. Um, I'm smacking you if you will. Walter Payton (laughs) from Jackson State. That was in the 90s. No. Rob Hayes from Florida A&M. I don't know Rob Hayes. Bob Hayes. Bob Hayes, I don't know. Uh, Deacon Jones from South Carolina State and Mississippi Valley State. That was during the 60s because it said he uh, went to school during the Civil Rights Movement. Uh, Andre Dawson from Florida A&M. He played for the Chicago Cubs. Alisa Gibson. She is from Florida A&M. The picture I have here is in black and white. Uh, so it, it could be, we can make a clear assumption that this wasn't any any time recent. Uh, mm. Willie Davis from Grambling State, he was inducted into the Pro Hall, Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1981. Okay. Uh, Lou Brock from Southern University. Mm, Sam Jones from North Carolina Central. Art Shell, University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Okay, uh, we have a couple more here, but none of these pictures I have here are. Oh, Avery Johnson attended Southern University. Okay. In the nineties. I, I know Avery Johnson. But we don't. Right. He coached for the Celtics. He probably right? won't make the Hall of Fame. He probably won't make right. the Hall of Fame. So. No, he didn't coach the Celtics. He coached the. Um, uh, I want to say the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I remember. I'm not, I just remember. I'm not 100 percent sure. But I, but I do okay. know one other player that, you know, I met before that, you know, he, he went to HBCU. He went to Howard. His name is Antoine Bethea. He's from the uh, Hampton, Hampton Rose area. Uh, Shout great to Hampton. Football player. He played for, he played for the uh, Indianapolis Colts for a while. And uh, right now I believe he plays for the 49ers. And uh, he's, he's pretty good. Uh, he made the Pro Bowl a few years. So, you know, he's definitely a, a top-tier athlete that came from Howard University. So, shout-out to Howard. Hmm. Shout-out to Antoine Bethea. Uh, uh, yeah, well, shout-out to him. I mean, I celebrate any HBCUs. I, myself, um always going to celebrate Hampton University, my alma mater. I didn't finish there, but I did attend. So, but I just definitely, any HBCUs, like, I'm not, I mean, we're old past the rivalry situation. That usually goes down while you're in school, but um, anybody that went to an HBCU and can come out being an athlete, a pro athlete, like a major league athlete, I definitely celebrate that. But my question right. is, why Red Bull, being a man, because you're obviously uh, more into sports than I would be, what do you think are maybe some of the underlying issues, why athletes aren't attending these HBCUs, why are they going to Duke, why are they going to George Mason University, why are they going to these different colleges, um, to be on. Well, I think it's, you know, my opinion would be like, I think it's for exposure, uh, mm-hmm. and they they feel like they, they feel like the bigger schools are more exposed. But in my opinion, I feel like if you're a top tier player like Carmelo Anthony, uh, a Kevin Durant, uh, right now, or like a, a Brandon Ingram, uh, a D'Angelo Russell. These are guys that that are that are you know younger in the league right now, and uh, like D'Angelo Russell attended Ohio State, uh, Brandon mm-hmm. Ingram attended Duke. Uh, these are these are top tier recruits that are coming out of high school, you know, ranked in the top 100 in the country. Mm-hmm. But when I see you know their choices of the colleges that they would like to attend, 
I never see an HBCU, HBCU on there. And I, I, I'm just curious, if you have game and, you, you know, you're a good basketball player, you're going to go to the NBA regardless. Like, let me just give you an mm-hmm. example. Kyrie Irving played eight games at Duke University, and he still went number one. So he only played eight games. He 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 he. Yeah, I, I forget if he broke his ankle, had a mm-hmm. real bad. He had a bad injury when okay. he played for Duke. Okay. He played eight games. They have a thirty-game season. Eight games. They still got drafted number one overall. So you telling me if he went to Hampton University, he wouldn't have got drafted number one overall? <laughs> Come on. Right. See, that's news to me. I had no clue that he only played eight – wait, are you making eight games a season or eight games throughout his whole Duke, well, however long he was there? He was at Duke for one year as a freshman. He was at Duke for one year as a freshman. His freshman mm-hmm. season, he played eight games. That uh, – after his freshman year, in the summer, he got drafted, number one overall. Right. That's, that's deep. Wow. I mean, wow. so, so basically, it's not the, it's not if you go to Duke or not, because, I mean, they already know how talented you are from high school. They know who's going to be in the top ten as far as prospects coming out of the NBA. They know before they even touch sure. the court in college. Right. That's deep, right? I mean, see, this is the thing I don't know, because I'm not in the athletic world. I'm not familiar with how the sports world works from high school transition into college. But I'm wondering, are the athletic directors in the high schools pushing the kids to go to those these HBCUs? Um, or are the colleges from these, or the recruits from these colleges, are they, you know, giving more incentives than black colleges? I'm wondering if some underlying factor that we are just, we are unsure about. That's what I'm wondering. So, I have no clue. It just, I, I mean, yeah. So I, I would want to like talk to one of those guys and ask him, like, exactly. Like, so you're from you're from the D.C. area. Why did you go to school in Texas? Right. Why did you go to Howard? Or you're Hampton? Six ten, six seven foot. Uh, you're going to the NBA regardless, bro. Like they knew you were going to the NBA out of out of high school. Because you only went to exactly. Texas for one year. So these guys aren't even going to school for four years. So why not publicity to history? Your historic colleges. These are historic colleges. It's not about being black or white. But people sweat it and, and sweat blood, sweat, and tears to build these universities. And the least you can do is, is go there and give them some publicity. I mean, I mean, I mean, just to support your own. That's just like the guy—I don't know his name—but uh, you, I, and Jay Hopper were talking about it the other day about the guy that has his own shoe. Now, I did go up to look at the shoe. I honestly feel like Elijah the shoe looks Ball. trash. Okay. Uh, but however, he is doing something phenomenal. I think he is making a point. Now, did you did you see the shoe? Would you wear the shoe? Yeah, the shoe. No, I wouldn't wear the shoe, yeah. but I, but I would purchase the shoe. Uh, just to support. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 at the end of the day, I've been supporting white business my whole life. If if you go look in my closet, Ralph Lauren is in there. Uh, probably more than Haynes underwear is in there. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, for me to see uh, African American business and me not to support it, I feel like that you know it, it would be wrong. I don't care what the price of the shoe is. So, you know so what that's I mean? my thing. Like, no, yeah, I, I totally feel you. So that's my thing. Like, and it's not to say nothing's wrong with um, purchasing things from white corporations. I mean, obviously no, they are the leading force, right? However, we do it every day. Why can't we? Right, hello, with everything, Starbucks. I mean, gas, everything. Well, probably not gas, but every tangible item. I'm sure some co- white corporation controls it. So I don't feel like there's nothing wrong with, you know, us wanting to support someone that, of all culture, that is trying to do something to uplift himself and possibly start a trend in the community. You know, who knows what, because from what I read, 
he actually sources on materials and everything. So then it's not like these shoes are made in a factory, right? No, they're made here. Right. He's not even so, he's not even sourcing them out to China. You feel what I'm saying? Right. They're made right. here. So, so with that being said, if they're made here, that means that uh I E he's not getting cheap labor because you're not gonna get a you're not gonna find a sweatshop in the United States. You feel what I'm saying? No one's gonna work for a dollar ninety seven to make shoes. Like no one's gonna do absolutely that. Absolutely not. No. And I mean we shouldn't even be supporting anyone that um are involved in those practices anyway. Right. Because I look point. at that is not not to get off topic because we can go on a, a tangent here, but that's like telling me, you want me to sit in a factory and make shoes for twelve hours and you telling me my hour is worth two dollars? The hour of my out of my, my day is worth two dollars. And you about to sell the shoe for two hundred dollars. Hello? One shoe. And you only can pay me two dollars for my labor that I work for sixty minutes. Wow. Like where did that's just where did you do that at? That's deep. Right. That's deep. I, I mean, and and that's what I'm saying. Uh, when you when you are an athlete, just know like there's not there's not many athletes that that make it uh, to the status of being able to own their own team. We only have, uh, from my knowledge one African-American owner, and that's Michael Jordan. When I, when I say that we don't own anything and we don't have anything, so why, why not give back to the things that we do have? That's, mm-hmm. that's the number one thing that I – I mean, because everybody knows African-Americans are sports. We, we, we all know that. That's not hidden. That's a known fact. If you turn a baseball right. game on, uh, it may not be predominantly African American, but it's definitely predominantly people of color, i.e., Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, uh, Cubans. They dominate exactly. the sport. So exactly, I mean, baseball, soccer, basketball. Eighty percent of that. The, the NBA is African American. That, and that's my descent. point. And that's what I want to get into as well because. I don't understand how they how people still feel that they have some type of power over them when you are the power. Like you're the talent. You are. If if, if you, you have African Americans playing basketball, would you watch it? I want, I, want, I like exactly. to ask a, a, a Caucasian man or Asian man or a, 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 you know a Spanish man. Right. Any would other you race. Would watch the black? NBA? Would you watch the NBA if it was a whole bunch of Larry Birds out there? Exactly. No, you wouldn't. Because it'll be looking no, like you you're watching the San Antonio Spurs play every night. Every night, no dunks, <laughs> no, no speed, and I'm not down anything. They're fast. Right. See, that's just this is what the game is. I mean, you got a bunch of older guys that've been playing for years that play like literally by the book. It just seems like it's you know, that's just I, how they play. I, I don't that's understand just, their culture. Yeah. So. So we'll, we got to figure this out. So let's go to a quick break. Listen, also make sure you hit us up on our Facebook page. We're not getting enough traction. We're getting a little bit of action, but we want more. We, I want more action. We want more. So make sure you hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash educated one ignorance. That is facebook.com forward slash educated, the number one ignorance. Uh, also call in, call us up 213-943-3704. Let us know how you feel about this topic. Let us know, are we wrong? Do, are, do we think that, you know, athletes, HBCUs don't really matter? Should they go anywhere? Like I said, call us up. We're going to go to a quick break. Let us know, 213-943-3704. Call us Hit up. Hit the number one. Let's go to a quick break. Hit the number one. Thank you, Red Bull. Hit the number one if you want to talk to the host. All right, let's go on break, and we'll holler at you in about five minutes. We're gonna skate to one song, one song only. So I bought so hard, motherfuckers wanna find me. 
course, niggas gotta find me. What's 50 grand to a motherfucker like me? Can you please remind me? Fall so hard, this shit crazy. Y'all don't know this, don't shit face. And that's we go, 0 for 82 when I look at you like this shit crazy. Fall so hard, this shit weird. We ain't even po' be here. Fall so hard, this we here. It's only right that we be fair. Psycho, I'm libo, to go Michael. Take your pick, Jackson, Tyson, Jordan, Game 6. Fall so hard, got a broke clock. Rollies that don't tick tock. All the mods that do the time, hidden behind all these big rocks. Fall so hard, I'm shocked too. I'm supposed to be locked up too. You escape, but I escape. You be in Paris getting fucked up too. Fall so hard, let's get faded. Live with for like six days. Gold bottles, soul models, spilling ace on my six days. Fall so hard, bitch behave. Just might let you meet gay. Shot town, heroes, moving the next BK. Fall so hard, motherfuckers wanna find me. That shit crack. That shit crack. That shit crack. Fall so hard, motherfuckers wanna find me. That shit crack. That shit crack. That shit crack. She said, yeah, can we get married at the mile? I said, look, you need to cry for your bar. Come and meet me in the bathroom style. And show me why you deserve to have it all. Fall so hard. That's the crack. That's the crack. Ain't it, Jay? Fall so hard. What she order? What she order? It's filet. Fall so hard. Yo, whip so cold. so cold. This whole thing. Fall so hard. Act like you ever be around motherfuckers like this again. Who's your girl? Grab her hand. Fuck that bitch. You don't want to dance. She's my prince, but I'm in France. <laughs> I'm just saying. Prince Williams ain't do it right if you ask. Me, cause I was him, I would've married Kate and Ashley. Was Gucci my nigga? Was Louie my killer? Was drugs my dealer? What's that jacket, Margiela? Doctors say I'm the illest, cause I'm suffering from realness. Got my niggas in Paris, and they going gorillas, huh? I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. No, it's not. It's getting the people going. Talk so hard, motherfuckers wanna find me. Right. So uh, we already know, well, if you don't know, listeners, 
that the HBCUs, they are definitely lacking in funding. So I think that might be one of the huge issues. They're definitely lacking in funding. And so when you have a school like University of South Carolina or um, the Tar Heels or any of those schools like that, like they have more money. Therefore, you know, they're going to have more leverage. Right. But but my whole thing is, so let, let, let me just give you a prime example. So when you do go, let's, let's say we do go to uh, Ohio State, for example, uh, they had a kid that went to Ohio State. His name was Tyrell Pryor, right? Uh-huh. He was uh-huh. a quarterback for Ohio State. He sold his national championship ring, and he gave the jersey that he wore away for like in exchange for like tattoos or something like that. Do you know they suspended him for a year and penalized him and all? You know what I mean? Like and all, like gave him the business over, you know, him selling his ring and him giving away his jersey. So mm-hmm. they have all these stimulations and all these rules, but they're selling your jersey with your number on it. It doesn't have your name on the back, but we all know when Michael Vick was at Virginia Tech, he was number seven. The whole stadium was wearing number seven. So you are given a red cent for those jersey sales or for anything. I'm not a red cent. Wow. But you but you still go there. And, and and generations of us go there. Back in the day, they didn't even want to play African American players at these universities. Exactly. But you still go there. Exactly. That makes no sense to me. That's not that, that that's asinine to me. When are you going to stand for African-American history? When are you going to stand for it? LeBron, I heard his son has already signed to do. His son only in the sixth grade. Are you serious? No. He already, Is that possible? He, 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 you, can, you can verbally commit. Or Matter of fact, uh, Duke offered him a scholarship already. Like they offered, you know what I mean? Like basically, you know. Uh, how? It, how is that possible? It's sad. It's sad, but true. But how is that possible? Just it's because sad. he's LeBron James' son, that guarantees that he's going to be good as LeBron James? Like, what if he's trash? What do you do then? Exactly. But I mean, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, a, that's, this is crazy. It's not a guarantee. And, 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 and basically, it just says LeBron James Jr., the 11-year-old son of the Cleveland Cavaliers star, has standing scholarship offers from both Duke and Kentucky. That's cool. Come on, Hill. Like, the same LeBron people are probably going to be working with Junior. University. That's so, bad. LeBron James, African-American, he knows for a fact that these owners, they only look at you like slaves. You're, you're nothing to them once you can't do anything for them. Why would you let your son go to Duke or Kentucky? You know, you know he's going to the NBA trainers, and if you, you know, you you know these things, and yet still go to Duke, still go to Kentucky. But this it, is my thing. So how can we? Right. Well, we can't. LeBron. I mean, I, I wouldn't need. I mean, does LeBron even know? Really? Like, I mean, I'm sure he understands that world and, and the whole athletic arena, but I mean, he never attended college, so. Can he really speak to that at the same time? Well, he never went to college, but why, why would you want your son to go to Duke? And and if he's going to be that talented, why would you want him to go to Duke for one year? Wait, hold on. Wait, look, of, but look what, look what type of school LeBron went to, though. LeBron James goes to high school, which is what I, the high school I went to, which is where all the black people on the west side, where LeBron is from, that's where all the high schools that we went to. He didn't go to book, though. And we had a lot of nice athletes the years I went. I graduated in 2003. And we, like, my whole mm. class was dope. Like, I can start naming people. I remember that was just, they were balling. So he went to a, he was, he, this is what we're talking about now. is a prime example. He went to a Catholic school with probably, like, 10 black people. See, that's the issue. A Catholic high school. I guess school. it starts, it starts that young. Yeah. 
but somebody had to be someone in his ear was telling him, oh, this is you're going to get selected going to the school. And and this is the this is the this is the thing though. So let 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 us think about it for a second. Do you think that, that that people are thinking like this? Well, if I do go to one of the predominantly white colleges, I'm going mm-hmm. for free. Yeah. So I'm going to make them pay for my education. But if you look at it in retrospect, the amount of money that you're making the university doesn't equate to the amount of money of your scholarship, bro. Exactly. So that's all I'm saying. When you think about the logic and the numbers, it doesn't add up. You know what I'm saying? It, it does, it, 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 it's not even close. And my thing is, though, back to the whole power thing. Once again, LeBron James. Um, I don't know if you knew Cash The youngest person I probably know is Kyrie Irving, right? And you said Kyrie Irving played for Duke, only played how many games? He played eight games. So it only took them eight games to figure out he was that good to join the NBA. They knew he was that good from high school. So they knew he was that good from high school. Why? Why wouldn't you go to? Why wouldn't you go to Clark? Exactly. Why? Exactly. It's so. It's my thing with so many other schools. Sorry about the, uh, I went in and out. It was like some noise just came out of my ear out of nowhere on my computer. But why, my thing is, if you're this talent, you're this power, you have all this power, they can't do anything without you. They need you. So why do you feel like, why do most players approach it as if they need, like, the coaches need you? They need the university. I'm sorry, the co- right, they need the university. Right, right, you said it right. <laughs> okay, I don't the university understand. of Duke. Right. Like, if you're good, you're good, period. People are going to recognize you off your talent. I just read the this book. The University of Duke didn't make you jump high. The University of Duke didn't make you sprint fast. The University of Duke didn't create you. So, therefore, you don't owe them nothing. You're making all – You're going to make nah, go ahead. You're going to make it regardless. You're going to make exactly. it to the NBA regardless. Is that, and my thing is you're giving all these players money. I'm sorry, you gave me all these colleges. Oh, the, you're, you're playing for let's free. Let's see what the callers have to say, though. Let's see what the callers have to say. Yeah, let's see what the callers have to say. Callers, listen, if you are calling in to talk to Educated Ignorance, make sure you are pressing the number one. The number is 213-943-3704. Once again, press the number one if you would like to speak to the team, Educated Ignorance. So let's see what this first caller. Oh, we have a couple of callers. I'm going to pick a caller from the two. Six zero area code. Call it from the two six zero. You on the air? Educated ignorance. Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is this is Tyrus. Yo, yo. Uh, thanks for having me on. I had a question no I wanted to throw back at y'all um, about this subject, and I just wanted to say, so what responsibility do the HBCUs have to create an environment um, of opportunities for these athletes? Like, how? At what point? Do the athletes have to stop sacrificing for themselves and the university take the responsibility to create that environment so that they can make it to the next level? I, what, I type, like, what type of environment do they – what are you speaking of? What type of environment do they need as athletes? So so uh, I went to a PWI, right? So I, I fit this mode. My parents sent me to a Lutheran high school. I went to Northwestern to play football. Um, I walked on to the team, so I fit this mold of why didn't you go to an HBCU? Well, Mm -hmm. you go to a PWI that provides an opportunity. You go to Duke, you play eight games, you end up in the NBA. What responsibility does Howard, Hampton, Sam, you have to create these opportunities that will put these players in a position to feed their families later on in life? Well, number one, brother, I I just want to iterate this to you. These kids are on the draft board once they come out of their McDonald's All-American game. I mean, that, Kyrie Irving playing eight games, do you, do you think they, they saw what they needed to see in eight games? They saw what they needed to see in ninth, 10th, and 11th, and 12th grade. That's when they saw what they needed to see. So uh, the HBUs don't have no responsibility. It's the responsibility of the athlete to – to go there and promote that university so that so 
Listen, we all know don't nobody follow their own wave. Everybody stays on the same wave as everybody else. So if if I go cut my jeans up, 17 other dudes going to go cut their jeans up. So if Kyrie Irving would have went to an HBCU, I'm sure a kid would have went to an HBCU by now because no one follows their own way. So my question I, agree, is, I agree. I yeah. I agree, and I disagree with you. Um, I think okay. that you know those those the institution. Just like we say that you have institutional racism, you have these institutions that create opportunity. So maybe in five ten years, if you have a host of players that are going to HBCUs and you know making that a thing, then yeah. But I, I can tell you that there's a large discrepancy in the amount of resources. And so you're asking these kids who come from nothing, who have you know, no opportunities and no access to resources, you're asking them to take a chance that the rest of the community is going to rally around them and afford them the same opportunity to feed their families that another institution is. And I'm not saying whether it's right or it's wrong, and I agree with you that somebody has to take a stand, but you're also asking a 17, 18, 19-year-old to sacrifice majorly, and and I just think we got to think about that and find ways that we can make it more, uh, you know, make it more... uh, it makes more sense for them. You know what I'm saying? Financially and you definitely uh, have to make a sacrifice for your community. You you definitely have to make a sacrifice for your community. So you're telling me if five kids from the McDonald's All American game all say that they're going to Hampton University and they make it to the tournament, the sweet sixteen, you're telling me that they won't go to the NBA? No, I'm not they saying will. that. I'm saying that I'm saying that the community has a, a, a issue with when people make those decisions, we ostracize them and don't support them. So my only thing is saying that a lot of times we don't support people when they do that, so we got to make sure people feel comfortable enough. Look at look at the Lorenzo Ball dude. Now, albeit they're doing something a little different, but whenever somebody steps outside the green to do something differently, we turn and we shun them. And so I think it, the responsibility has to be just as much on the community as it is on the players as we're screaming, sacrifice, 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 well, then we should see you as a season ticket holder at an HBCU, right, before players are going there so that the sacrifice is on both sides. So that's, that's I guess, that's, that's my point to understand what responsibility the community has and rallying around these boys before they make that choice to go to a PWI. Mm. I appreciate you calling in, Tyrus. Very good point. Hey, thanks, y'all. Hey, you have a good night, I bro. appreciate it. All right, let's go to our next caller real quick. Um, all right. From the 202, call you on the air, Educated Ignorance. Who is this? How you doing? This is, uh, my name is Mike Ruffin. How you doing, Mr. Ruffin? You said Ruffin? Yes, Rucker. Rucker, Rucker. How, How you doing? are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. Uh, blessed to be on the call. Uh, I was calling because I'm a high school football coach. I've been a high school football coach in, for the last <clears throat> 24, 25 years. And I think I listened to the caller before me, and I think one of the biggest things that separate your HBCUs and your predominantly white universities are just the resources alone. I mean, you go to Penn State and you look at the locker room, you look at the facilities where the kids are going to be living, you look at they have their own dining area where they where only the players are allowed to eat there. They have their own private chef. They have uh, – protein bars and shakes that they can that they have access to 24 hours a day and then you look at a you look at HBCU as like your Hampton or your Howard they eat in the same lunch hall as the regular population students they don't have those same things so I think until the HBCUs are able to get up their facilities and their resources to somewhat match not necessarily match but somewhat be compatible I mean competitive with the with the predominantly white universities, then I think that's why they're losing that major athlete because, again, a lot of them kids are coming from nothing, and then they go on a college visit, and they see this luxurious four-bedroom suite that they're going to be living in with two other, with three other teammates. They see a study, a study hall lounge that looks like a library that they'll be there with uh, laptops and iPads and computers, and you go to an HBCU school, and it's like, you're in, the, you're in the general population, so to say. You're in the same student base, and you're giving so much back of your time to the university, and I think that's where the shortcoming comes. 
And until mm-hmm. that is that's addressed, I don't know, you know, how it's going to ever get better. Sure. So, what do you, as a coach, like, what do you think we need to do? What would you suggest as a as a community? What we need, what do we need to do to to get money to these I think that it comes from the state level. I think when you look at, you know, a prime example right now, you look at the University of Maryland. They just they're getting they just put close to state funded money, close to thirty million dollars into rebuilding the cold field house into an indoor practice facility. And oh, wow. I think it all starts on the I think it all starts on the legislative legislation level with, with the governors and the powers that be there to funnel some of that state money into the HBC. So right. So they, so they can build like the University of Maryland schools are able to do. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Very good point. Very good point. I appreciate you calling in, Coach. Very good information. No, no problem. Thanks, Coach. All right. All right. See, and, and I I would have never known because I didn't participate in any athletics while I was in school. So I didn't know that they get like the state of the art when they go into these predominantly white institutions. So that so that's the right. root of our problem right there. We need to but figure out how this, this this is this this is this is where I think people are wrong at and what they what they're misinformed about. So if 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 these kids do go to HBCUs the way you generate the money, you generate the money by winning and going to these tournaments and, and winning. Okay, but so, Red Bull, we got to rewind. Let, let, we got to rewind. We got to rewind, though. You can think about it. Your senior, you were junior, senior in high school, right? 16, 17. What? You're from the hood. I could just take my students, west side of Chicago. They, they fucking used to eat cheeseburgers and fries and Cheetos for breakfast. Like, that's what they do. And they're going to this right. facility, like he said, um, state of the art, you got your own laptop, you got you can get protein powder, you can get whatever at your disposal anytime. They treat you basically like you're already in the NBA. So it's like how can you turn that down? Versus you go like he said, when you go to Hampton, then you amongst regular you ain't nobody. Okay, you play for the football, I mean you play the basketball team, cool, but you're gonna be in a dorm with the general population. Well, I mean, so I that's what you got to think and, and think of their mind, and think of the parents' mind as well. They coming from the hood just like the the kids, right? So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, see, I think that's the problem with uh, with our community starting today mm-hmm. uh, and yesterday and the day before. I mean, with when do you commit to? When do you commit to your community, so to speak? When do you commit to it? Right. When are you going to give back? I mean, when are, I mean, instead of if you think that if you know that your talent level uh, warrants NBA prospect, it shouldn't matter where you go play ball at. If you know that your talent level warrants NFL, it shouldn't matter where you go play football at. Because you know with your talent level that you're going to make any of these teams. And you're exactly. going to shine. So, I mean, I, I, I really, I really, I really but, wish it was insane. But you got to also think, too, you got to also think, too, um, one of the callers just brought up a good point about the coaches, the quality of the coaches as well. But let's get, let's get to this caller from the 704 and see what they have to say um, about okay. this caller. Call up from the seven zero four. You on the air, educated, ignorant. Who is this? Yo yo. Yeah, this is uh, this is uh, Torrance Ox from Maryland, DC area. Ox, what's going on? What you what you got to say about this topic? Hey. Uh, well, um, you know, I, I think that everybody brought up some interesting points. Uh, as a as a high school uh, athletic director and basketball coach on the AAU on the elite AAU level and as a public high school coach, um, the HBCU experience for some, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not, I don't think it's as cut and dry as everybody's making it seem. Like you can't just have a, I don't think that you can just have a McDonald's all American that has a HBCU on their mind. Uh, although some HBUs have had success, uh, in the NCAA tournament, i.e., like your Hampton when they upset uh, Iowa uh-huh. State 
or uh, Lavelle Moten, who's doing great things at North Carolina Central, um, some some of the issues that come up for HBCUs, and I and I'll just give you a little bit of background. Uh, if you don't know, is that I went to uh, a PYI, uh, and I also went to a uh, HBCU. So I got the best of both worlds. But the thing that the thing that I found that was the difference between going to school in Iowa and then going to school at uh, at, at in at Virginia State was that uh, one you talk about facilities, things of that nature. But when you talk about the McDonald's All-American level guys and things of that nature, they go mm-hmm. to these institutions because of the preparation for the NBA. Their goal is to go to the league. So if nobody from that institution or that conference has has gone to the league, then you might not have, you know, that same uh, – uh, um, how should I put it? You might not have the same presence that would be in a, in a predominantly white university. So let's let's just talk about the CIAA. The CIAA in the '90s put out uh, put out a, a number of NBA guys. In the '80s and '90s, the, the CI was where you wanted to be if you could if you could really boogie. But it it kind of changed once uh, once Coach Robbins at Union left and uh, a couple of guys down at St. Augs left. You know when Coach Blow he went to ODU, then he went back. You know now he's currently the coach at Virginia State. You have to you have to have guys who you can see and put a hand on that went before you that went to the league and that these that they see that these coaches can prepare the guys to you know to play at the next level because we all go to college to earn a living. Uh huh. I just want to ask you this one question. Uh, go ahead. So when you say prepare uh, a player for for the NBA. The, uh, you, you honestly don't believe that Kyrie Irving was uh, slated for the NBA before he even touched a foot on Duke's campus? Um, even 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 with the high skill level that these guys have, they still have you still have to be prepared. I mean, guys go to Kentucky that feel that they're when when you're on that draft board or or you're one of the highly touted guys, you're going where you where where they're going to get you ready to go in and be a lottery pick or make money, whether it's in the or even overseas. It's only 450, it's only 450 spots in the NBA. So, you know, right off the bat, it's over, it's over, it's over 365 kids, 6,000 kids, 100,000 kids that play basketball, you know, at, at, at the high school level. So if I'm coming out of high school and I know that it's, it's on, it, it, out, of, out of all the Division One institutions, each each school for Division One has ten to twelve scholarships. Well, at the HBCUs, let's just talk about let's just talk about the HBCUs. At the HBCUs, you might have ten scholarships, but they might not be ten full scholarships. You might have five full, and you got to use you know the rest is half scholarships to make stuff work. A lot of the HBCUs right. don't have the budget, you know that the that these white institutions have, and also some of the HBCU coaches, they don't go out in the community and try to go after the players that they feel like they can't get. So if I, so let's just say for example, I coach at a high, I coach with a high level organization uh, in in AAU in the DC area. Well, what's we the name of that program? Uh, team Takeover, Nike Team okay. Takeover. So it's it's on the Nike circuit. And we've had five number one draft picks in the last four years. I mean, four, excuse me, five, five first round draft picks in the in the in the past four years. Those mm-hmm. those kids are at that high level. Like they they're they're looking to go somewhere where they their their dreams can be fulfilled and that will prepare them. I'm not saying that they won't consider HBUs, but some some of them actually want to go to HBCUs, and the HBCU coaches don't reach out to them. So if you're yeah. if you're one of those high caliber athletes and you want to go to a HBU HBCU but no one reaches out to you, then that's that's another thing on the flip side as well, and it mm-hmm. and, and part of that fall and as a member of the community, member of the HBCU community, some of that falls on us uh, who've who've attended HBCUs to give back to the HBCU so that they can fund 
to get guys of that caliber because a lot of HBCUs um, have people who financially don't give back, like the donors of the PWIs, where you might have a donor that's given $100,000 where some of us may not even be given $50. Do you, do you get what I'm saying with the correlation with that? So it's right. like, I don't think it's I don't think it's cut and dry. I think that that we got to take the and say, you know, how can we how can we get how can we make it so that our athletes want to go to HBCUs? And another thing is, how can we get the HBCU coaches to actually recruit those high level athletes? Because a lot of HBCU coaches, to be honest with you feel like some guys are out of reach and won't even won't even give them a call to say, hey, he's not coming here anyway. Let me go to this guy. And, you know, you mm-hmm. find that on this elite level, you know, at the same token. Right. Wow. Wow. All right. Definitely. Hey, shout out, shout out to, Definitely shout out to of, Coach Chris. Yeah. Shout, shout out to you, Coach, Coach Chris. A lot of, uh, information <laughs> you gave. Appreciate yeah. you calling in. So we're going to have to do part two. Thank you for calling in. All right, Red Bull. All right, so that right. is the end of our show. So we definitely have to continue this discussion because we got a lot of, you know, what's going on. Now we need to come up with solutions. So appreciate you all calling in and listening in. Educated Ignorance, we do this every Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash educated one ignorance. And uh, we're out. Peace. So, so. All right, how about y'all next weekend? Next week, my bad. Love you guys. Peace. The feeling of being 12 years old and waking up in the middle of the night with somebody in your room. Your heart starts beating so fast you can hear it pumping. The veins in your temples pulsate as you stare at the intruder. Then after a few minutes, you realize he ain't moving. So finally you let him hang and turn on the light. And the killer turns into your coat throw it over the chest. The feeling of sitting at the red light early in the morning. And two or three motherfuckers cross the street. Your senses heightened. Reflexes sharp and visions in hand. Adrenaline flows. As they rush across the street, you leave a print from the heater grip in your palms. And your heart rate and breathing drag back to normal as you realize these niggas just going to the stove. Many of us mistake phobia for true fear, whereas fear is a gift from God to be used for self-preservation. Phobia are obstacles strategically placed in society by opposers of positive existence. Through stereotyping, innuendo, false documentation, and glorification, they have turned your fear switch to a permanent owner. We can change this by changing the small truth within the lie. Death is a small price to pay for respect. Death is a small price to pay for respect. You know who it is? You know what it is. Peace out. In these troubling times, a nigga like me be picking the rhymes that make my quarters, niggas plus my pennies and my dime stack. Don't be looking for trouble if he finding me. Try turning the other cheek, I understand, but never mind that. Yes, sir, guess the like is getting dim. At the end of the tunnel, trying to hit me for my rims. I never thought that this folks could attract so much attention. I gotta protect my own, therefore I'm heated just like a kitchen full of pots and pans. Glocks in hand, shots rung out like ringing the bells, and then that sucker nigga ran. Damn, I never thought that it would come to this conclusion. The folks that vote us on the boat should be the one I'm losing, but now nah, we don't see it that way. And I devote this is the real, it ain't no time for play, play. Better believe the players on the loose need to get their hair screwed on tight. When they really get down to the nitty grit, who gon' fight, pipe down? Cause ain't no better time to crank it up than right now. We got to see rock crunk down here, and I don't hear nobody disagree at all. Got no ICE, Mr. Yeah. DJ, and me and so Living it for the while. You got a nine to five and nine. Choose to live and fight. Be taking your ass to the army because you scared of revolution. I write and never reject. To stop that brain pollution. I got a baby on the way that stresses in my chest. I'm 18 years of age and black, so I can take some less. I'm smoking and drinking hand day, so play your fucking job. Educated and black, I will be drunk to ride. Be why in a motherfucker? Do niggas be acting up? Do they want me to grab my shit and be letting that pistol go buck? See, I be getting stuck and stuff. Having a knock and nigga out about my clout. That's not what it's about. See, yes, indeed, I got that weed like Daddy Q be having a mouse. That nigga to be IG be choking him out and then I bounce. I got that lyrical flow to make a whole pull up a skirt. I drink that earth and dirt, boy. Thinking of future things to work on. I got my fuck on. And then I took my clothes off. Wash my nuts up in the sink and then I got more nuts off. Call. It's time to be out. He being a pimp is being a pimp. I'm 
dirtier than the shit on the back of a slump. Now ain't that foul, the way a nigga can spit that sound. My nigga, I spit, I did it. Y'all suckers need to quit it, cause it's real. your whole life, living it for the white. You got a nice surviving life, you choose to live a life. You're taking your ass to the army, cause you scared of revolution. I'm writing every day, to stop that brain pollution. I got a baby on the way that says it's in my chest. I'm 18 years of age and black, so I can picture less. I'm smoking and drinking and that, so play your fucking job. Educated and black, I will resort to rock. Well, that nigga be wearing all the V-necks and polo sweats. I got some food up in your thoughts and that sets off in your shit. See, living up in the dungeon where we stayed in 93, see? That nigga the B-I-G-B-O-I, that be me, yeah. And when we rock it, niggas be talking just like Zach hit you, snitch. I fucked your bitch. Me and my niggas need that help. On the south side of Hamilton Road. No slipping in the tempest, she was just a horny toe. See, I'm my mystery like the killing of Michael Jordan's father. We're steadily clocking the hoes when I work at the Foot Locker. I'm getting higher than learning. Smoking them up and then burning. Each point is on the map and now I close the curtain. Now shit done got boring ass. Molding when excess closed down, but niggas kept sowing, steering, stirring. Being the former sister that mix of the folks, but some people tend to joke about this. But it's really dead serious. You can bet my lyrics. Now you wonder why that we done stopped and got serious. Wanted to know where I'm from and where I need to be. Now that I know comfortable living, give me me. Can I get that? You wonder why we split back. Woods in the pitch black. Dark, but I sit back and walk another one to leave you discombobulated in that duck. Living in a world where ain't nobody do you trust in. Hustling became a major trade, but us in major trouble cause we made up. Too many mistakes off in the past. Thinking that you can make it in this world and now we laugh cause it's all so wrong. Either way you go, you, you gotta pay the cost of the mic wham. Taking your ass to the army cause you scared of revolution.